going. Do you want to really read an intro this time around too? <laughs> yeah, I figured it was easier just to do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to the Just Pick Something podcast where we discuss a movie or TV show. And after looking at new releases and checking out some streaming options, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the A24 movie, The Farewell. It was released in 2019, directed by Lulu Wang. And at the time of this episode, it could be found and streamed on Prime Video. But um, did you ever see this movie before? I did. I, I had to rewatch it, and that's why I was like, I, I remembered it as well as I thought I did, but I wasn't sure that I remembered it super well. Okay. I was, I was like, okay, you know what? Let me just double check, make sure that I don't have like a different opinion or like my my feel for it is different i mean it's cool to know that because initially i didn't really realize it was an a24 picture going into it the reason i kind of wanted to watch it was there was a youtube channel called quality culture video essays youtube channels right yeah yeah. the reason i got drawn to it it was it had a picture of aquafina yeah. and i had been really starting to enjoy her like comedy and her roles and she's been in a lot of things in the last like two years hopefully her streak continues because i think she's great but she has a show called Noron Queens that was pretty funny. And then I saw the A24 picture, her casting, the themes, the idea of this movie, and then also how this movie was based off an American this American life segment. And I was like, man, all the pieces that would have sold me independently just kind of made me want to watch this movie even more so altogether. I don't remember why I was in interested in this movie i think i heard that it was good and i think it was like getting a lot of like award buzz and i was like oh well people are saying it's really good even though aquafina me personally i was never really a big fan of hers dude i i don't know what it is sometimes i wonder if it's like just overall opinions that are fed into me beforehand before i even know who the actress is yeah like name association with something negative but once i actually sat down and watched her stuff it kind of just clicked maybe it was that i saw or maybe read this opinion piece about her character in that movie crazy rich asians so yeah i wanted to give her a fair chance and i actually kind of ended up liking her stuff yeah it's uh for me, it was mostly that I saw her in, in a lot of her more comedic roles that I don't think are actually that good. Like, mm-hmm. I watched her in, like, uh, what was it? Ocean's 8. Then she was uh, in Ryan the Last Dragon. And I'm oh, not... Oh, really? Yeah, she was the, the dragon in that. And then she was... I mean, I, was, like, I know people like Shang-Chi. I wasn't a big, a huge fan of Shang-Chi. Uh, but... I was like, yeah, she's whatever. This movie, I really liked her. Yeah, I think I think so far, I think I like her more in drama roles than in her comedy roles. I was surprised to know, find out from you that she was in all those movies. Dang, she really is being cast in all, everything. Yeah, she's, she's pretty prolific. Um, and I think it's interesting that we're doing this because recently there was a whole entire, like, she's been having a lot of uh, discourse around her for a while because of her accent. What is it? Strong New York accent, right? People refer to it as a black scent because it's not her accent actual accent it's one that she just actively puts on to mimic uh black colloquialisms kind of thing oh okay and so a lot of people are like oh you like to play funny characters and then when you like to play funny characters you like to put on this accent Mm -hmm. but when you decide when you decide to do drama characters you drop that accent and you use your your regular voice oh all right that's interesting and so it was like one of it's a big discourse and she had to like she put out a statement and left Twitter and all that nonsense. And I was like, dang, that sucks. I can imagine the Twitter discourse was horrible to deal with. Twitter discourse is never nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I can understand complaints. I'm not going to back either side of that argument because it is not my culture to offend. Uh, and I recommend that people who want to know more about that stuff look into that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that That is a shame. I, I do get the outrage, but like you said, it's spend time thinking about and coming to your own decision about, right? 
<laughs> I guess there's a lot to talk about her and her, I guess, career so far. But yeah, in this movie, she was pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, no, I was very much a fan of hers in this film. Like, I think she handled the role. It has a lot of nuance to it. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to see how she, again, because she's more known for her comedic stuff, to see her do a more nuanced, dramatic take on something. That it was definitely a breath of fresh air in regards to like me seeing her as an actress. And I was like, wow, okay, this is very interesting to see. And hopefully, I was hopeful after watching this movie that she would get more roles like that, especially because there's always a a greater need for representation and especially Asian. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, The only thing I would be worried about is when an an actress or actor becomes hot or like popular and they have um, like, I guess a hot streak of casting where they're in a lot of films and projects that come out very close to each other. It feels like because someone's in things so frequently frequently a natural discourse of people not liking them in things comes up to keep her from getting more promising roles because it's like well i've seen her in comedy things and i like some of it now that i've seen her in some drama things i kind of want to see her more in other drama things and like you said representation is great it's so crazy uh, speaking of representation i was watching this movie and i'm it was funny because I was like, why do I relate to this movie so much? And Ooh, yeah, there there's a lot of things in this movie that I'm like, I can kind of relate to that. Yeah. And I was like, I, this is very clearly, you know, a, China, a, a movie about a Chinese family and a Chinese American and a lot of that stuff and a lot of their culture and how they handle things. And I was very much like a lot of these things. And I don't know if it's because, you know, being Hispanic or not, but it's like, man, it's like a lot of this stuff, like I understand, like on a deep personal level. <laughs> well, I think part of it is that a big theme of this movie is, is multiculturalism, right? Yeah. Like the uh, aspects of being some of one culture and some of another culture and having family members that are all their own levels of multiculturalism. So like when you have a theme of multiculturalism to this extent with, you know, multiple characters each having their own experiences, it's going to be hard not to relate to people who also have their own experiences of multiculturalism, right? Yeah, it was it, yeah, it was interesting. And, but even even then, it's like there's a part where they're talking about how they handle in, in the movie. Obviously, this is where always going to be in deep into spoilers. But when they're talking about the, the grandma's condition, there's like a sense of like there's like a certain not necessarily pride, but like feeling that they have that they have to like oh well, we can't do this and there's like a certain way of going about it culturally that we want to lessen the blow of what this what this issue is and i was like i feel like that's like a hispanic family like they're like oh no we keep this in the family yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean not only that but man sometimes things in the family spread way quickly in the family like oh yeah so, like certain topics will just come up with you and your interconnected family and then as the topic becomes known you know people make calls cousins find out uncles and aunts find out grandpas find out, and like it just keeps going but all within that like self-contained bubble yeah it's, it's crazy it's, it's just like and so like those like small things and i wonder if and i can only speak for personal experience uh, it's like one of those things where i'm watching with someone else i could be watching with my wife who's you know she's she's american white but it, it's interesting. It's like I was like, oh, I have all these like things that I relate to on a personal level, being of a family of immigrants and having to deal with certain situations that are similar. And it's like, I wonder if that's like the same for you guys, or if and like this is like an actually like super per- per- pervasive story point, or if it's like no, like it's it's more personal towards 
children of immigrants or like people with of a, of a certain kind of culture. What, the, um, this movie or the uh, themes of like handling a, a very personal experience, a cancer diagnosis and going Oh, the, this movie, this, this movie specifically, because obviously, obviously everybody can deal with the cancer diagnosis. <laughs> that, that, ain't, that ain't no, that, that, that ain't ethnically or culturally specific. I mean, if you want to say culturally specific, I think in America, we'll, we'll probably have to worry about money issues more than uh, like in the United Kingdom or something when oh, yeah, if they get a cancer diagnosis. God, yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Keeping that kind of diagnosis wrapped up and secretive. I feel like, in a, and this is again, and this would be based off of like anecdotes and stuff, but it's like if, if, if an American family, like a purely American family, uh, finds out that like their grandma has cancer, like the family knows that the fam that the, the, the everybody knows that the grandma has cancer. I feel like in my in like a Hispanic community, it's more of like oh, that's the family's problem. We don't tell other people what the family's problems are. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right about that. I, yeah. you know. But it, it was interesting. Um, and then I guess there's also the, the fact that she's a fairly young adult dealing with a lot of work and expectations from her parents and the general millennial vibe that she gives off of yeah. uh, what she's going to do for, for a living. And there's also, there's also like a part where it's talking about, you know, where she grew up, how she grew up, how the moving away and the differences that happen when you leave your home to go to there's a bunch of different smaller thematic things that go on in this film there are a whole lot of little details that feed into each other but um well, it's super interesting with this movie that it's comes very it's a very personal story from the director lulu wang and that it actually came i guess she got it financed by doing the this american story stuff yeah this this american life american i life. actually remember hearing that episode it was really good i'm a big fan of that podcast or radio show that's been on the internet since like the early 2000s yeah i've never listened to it i just know that that's the story behind it uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, can't recommend it enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I thought that was really cool. It's very interesting to like hear the story about how she had to get it made and how it ended up being at A24. The, a lot of the stuff she didn't want to compromise with in regards to getting the movie done. Do you know one off the top of your head? That... Yeah, uh, yeah, so she wanted to film in the, the pink apartment buildings that they that mm -hmm. the movie takes place in. That was like one of her things. She was like, I want to film there. That's like, like an actual like childhood memory is that area. Oh. And a lot of people were like, oh, we can do stuff, but like, we can't really do it there. And it'll be a lot harder and more expensive to film over there and with all that stuff. And I was like, and I remember that being a very specific thing that she wanted in the film. Oh, very cool. And wait, was these, was this one of the apartments that, um, we get to see as they are in China driving through the city and we get that like landscape shot of the mass made apartment bases. Yeah, I think that they're the ones that they drive through them. Like you can very clearly see the pink buildings and uh Yeah, okay. I am thinking about the same scene then. So it was that, that, that was one of the things I thought was interesting that they, they she wanted that specifically. And the A twenty four pretty much all I was like, Yeah, no, hundred percent. We're gonna let you do whatever you want and we're gonna finance this movie enough that you can get it made and tell this really personal story and i think that she did a really good job it was it was weird how there are a lot of minor details that feel so real in regards to how people act and it's and i say that because like there's like a scene where aquafina's character and her mother mm. are like arguing in a hotel room and the dad's just in his underwear trying to sleep on, on half the bed <laughs> and i was like i swear i've had conversations <laughs> Dude, I've had conversations with my dad being home from like work or something, being on his bed, being like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, it's just like, yeah, I'm 100 familiar with this vibe. 
and this layout and stuff like that. And it's like the way that the, the dad and uncle smoke and talking about quitting and, you know, they say they're going to quit and not quit. And I was like, there's so many like real life parts to it that I was very just drawn in and it felt very natural to the point where I was talking about it after having seen the movie. I was like, man, it's like I don't even remember that movie being in Chinese. Like I know it was. And obviously I know that they were speaking like Mandarin or you know, uh, Cantonese or something. But I'll be honest, like, I felt like it flowed so naturally and I didn't pay, like, I didn't notice that I had to read subtitles the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, especially after you watch a lot of things with subtitles, you kind of just don't care and you're just used to reading subtitles. But the flow of this movie was so well done that even though this movie was like an hour and 30 something minutes, it just went by like really quick and all those small details kind of really help make this feel like you said super personal yeah. and almost a little intimate especially when it's dealing with such a um, private subject matter someone's cancer diagnosis and all these small things kind of just play off each other like in the beginning when she's having that conversation with her grandma and they're just telling each other you know like oh yeah how are you doing oh i'm fine and then they each start saying their own small little white lies and those little lies just kind of build to the bigger you know overall ideas of this movie of a good lie almost like a like a familial acceptance of just you know pleasantries almost and it's so nice because they keep doing it throughout the movie you know especially when they get to china they say and talk to, with family members about, you know, things that they've experienced growing up or how Aquafina's character was played piano. And then they're like, hey, do you still play piano? And she's like, no, I, I don't. But because we're the audience, we see her like letter of rejection. And then also the, the scene later where she's just playing the piano and very well, like a lot of talent. Yeah. And it's just kind of like reinstating the fact that like we have these own painted versions of ourselves for like our families no matter how much we kind of just you know put up a front like the real self kind of just slips through the cracks yeah but yeah this movie did all those things so well it was it's interesting because there's parts of the movie that is because playing into that same idea that this idea that they're going to be lying this whole time and they have to hide how they really feel and they do a really good job of like undercutting a lot of scenes with a beautiful score that i really like that just undercuts just moments of pure, uh, I would say sadness, but more of like a melancholy vibe. Yeah, this whole movie has a very melancholy feel to it because, you know, while she has this cancer diagnosis, things aren't looking great, but it's not certain. It's kind of just everyone preparing for the worst. And But it's also interesting because you'll see scenes that are framed in a specific way. It's, it's the idea that they are lying. Is like an undercut in regards to the, how the film was shot as well. I say that in, in regards to one specific scene, though. Uh, they had just... Uh, I was like, right after the wedding that happens, they have to, like, change paperwork that tells what her diagnosis is, and they go to a shop and, like, get it changed, and she reads it, and she falls for their lie, right? Well, I mean, does she, though? Well... Or is she just, the, you know... I say she does, because the film, in the filmmaking sense, shows them being successful. And I say that because as soon as she's like, oh, okay, I told you guys, it's fine, everything, the paperwork says it's good, right? Mm-hmm. And immediately following it, it cuts to the entire family doing, I don't know what the term is. I'm going to say a perp walk where all of them are like lined up being like, yeah, we just pulled off this height. (laughs) They they do that walk where they're all like, yeah, we we're successful. We we conned them. And the music behind it is sad. Like 
They did. They did. They were successful. They made it so that she believed that she was not sick. And, but in reality, like, the music is like, no, but this is like a really sad moment. They, even though they are triumphant, uh, it is not a good thing. It was interesting to see that it was like, oh man, like, usually you frame this and there's like, you know, some pop song or some very generic dun 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 you know kind of or like some 80s uh throwback hit or something yeah it's like oh yeah like you know walk away from an explosion type thing and it's literally just them like we just lied to my grandma about her dying (laughs) well (laughs) like oh god oh yeah well then it's like overall like yes there's sweet moments and there's a lot of like air and love in the story but like it ends with like she's leaving china and she's mm-hmm. looking out and seeing her grandma wave at her and stuff like that. And it just c- calls back to an earlier part of the movie where she talks about, like, I left China and out a few years later, my grandpa died and none of you told me. So the next time I went, he was just gone. He was no longer there. So it calls like so it's like you see her looking at her grandma and being like, the last time I left China, my grandpa died. God, man, that was such a h- harsh scene, you know, especially seeing her like just break down in sadness. Yeah. And then like her mom next to her in tears. And mm-hmm. it was just like, wow, this is this like and then looking at her home that she again, she's talking about how so much has changed since the last time she was a kid. And just like mm-hmm. showing that as like you see like a uh, China being built on a like a new China being built on old ground kind of thing i mean but also when she's having that very emotional scene she's surrounded by all those like balloons and wedding decorations of like a happy moment and there's so many like examples of that juxtaposition throughout this whole movie especially because another one of those lies that helps kind of perpetuate this bigger lie is the whole you know wedding subplot where they're kind of like faking the reason why they're all there you know yeah and it's detail i didn't notice because i had watched this movie 2019 or whatever Regardless, yeah, I you know it's nice to look come back and look at movies and reevaluate what things you missed. And I never noticed that, for example, and this is just a small detail that like the wedding that they had, they have like the big balloon rainbow balloon art, mm-hmm. and I never put two and two together that the rainbow balloon arch was like symbolism for the rainbow arch that she talked about the neighborhood that she used to grow up in with the garden oh really yeah so you can see you know they're like oh that's where our neighborhood used to be is this over there and you see there's this giant rainbow arch over where her neighborhood is okay so then you know at the wedding there's this big rainbow arch around her family and i was like oh wow I never noticed that detail. I'm pretty huh. sure that was intentional. I, I can't tell you what it was for, but I thought it was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it might just go into the ideas of like the multicultural thing, yeah. you know, just tying everything together. But, you know, I, I do want to bring up the idea that I think the grandma might have known because I think as much as everyone is on the same page about lying or keeping up this lie, you know, going with the wedding, you know, staging everything, getting everyone involved, calling, getting the place, renting everything. And they constantly throughout the movie kind of point to Aquafina's character not being able to keep it under wraps, like letting her emotions fly out and she's going to spill the big secret. They all collectively can't help themselves just express their grief physically and emotionally out in the open whether they like it or not you know yeah no it's it was funny you know the scene early on with the uncle where he's like oh uh you know your mother your grandma is dying he's like yeah he's like you know we can't tell her yeah it's like i know it's gonna be very difficult for you because you know you're gonna want to be upset yeah but you can't be upset because she can't know yeah because like, you know your grandma's dying yeah and <laughs> you're gonna be very upset 
Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, he's, oh, you're not saying this for her good. You're saying it because you need to like, like get this off your chest, reaffirm it yourself where you, mm. you're saying it to yourself so that you can remember to not do these exact same things. And then, and then that character has that emotional speech during the wedding where he kind of just pours his heart out for the idea that he's going to be losing or might be losing his mom sometime soon, you know, while, while also trying to keep up the, the lie about the wedding. And it's, it's like moments like that, the one you just said, and then this one, that kind of gave me idea that she probably knew, and not only just because of her, you know, oldest son giving that emotional speech at the wedding, but just because everyone wears their emotions on their sleeves throughout this movie at various points. And then her having gone through a similar experience with her husband, it almost feels like she's kind of just already accepted a probably grim outlook and as much as her family is putting up this lie for her she's also like enabling the lie because it's brought them all together to you know be together for a little while and that means a whole lot to her you know yeah she, she makes a statement later in the movie like talking about basically that same idea where she's talking about like uh what you do and how like not exactly what you do but like how you do things and stuff like that mm -hmm. and yeah and so it was like, you know, there's more nuance and like specifics to that speech, but it's very much, it comes across that like, no, like, you're right. Like it, it very well could be that this grandma's like, I'm, I'm fully aware of what we're doing here, but I choose not to discuss this because yeah. I know it's beneficial to y'all the same way it's beneficial to me. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like this whole movie, but also the entire lie and the ceremony of it. It's just a very like elaborate, but very good example of kind of just like the grieving process like coming together as a family all talking about it and it's just through the idea of like having a wedding to represent all that grieving process you know and overall like i really like i was it, it was one of my favorite movies in the, of that year i can't specifically remember what other films i watched that year to compare it to uh, i mean 2019 seems to have had a lot of big big hits like really good movies come out i, mean, I, feel, like that, I feel like the last few years have been pretty stacked in regards to films. <laughs> yeah not, not complaining at all <laughs> no i mean just trying to think of movies that i've been wanting to see and you know talk about for this it's just like man there's a lot of ones i missed in 2021 2020 2019 etc I mean, there was a ton of last year that i missed that oh god i have to go back and catch up on especially with <laughs> well i mean there was that um the list you sent a little while back that was like how much of these have you seen or something we'll get to it at some point whether it's two years down the line or if it's you know a few months <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no no rush for me you know <laughs> so um i guess i wanted to ask you you, you did mention that when you rewatched this movie you picked up some like details and more appreciation for some aspects of this movie but was there like did you find anything new out of this second watch or rewatch of this movie i think i just i think i just picked up a lot more on like the subtle details of like character choices and actions like there's there's always going to be like a certain amount that you catch from someone visually when you watch them only one time and then going back mm -hmm. and then seeing like oh like this character moved this way and that you know or just thinking about the implications of uh, like it was, it was very interesting this time around. I was thinking more about the cousin who was having a wedding with his girlfriend of like three months or not, or something like that. Dude, that girlfriend, talk about a MVP for like just going along with it all. And was I understand? I'm down. I'm game for this. This 
Sherrod. I know we haven't been seeing each other long, but that's such a personal and uh, sad thing you're going to have to go through. So I'm, I get you, you know? Yeah. Like, what a champ. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, well, I, I don't know anybody who would do this. And she was just there. She was very... Yeah. Um, she went with it. She went along with all of it, you know? Didn't protest or anything. Just quietly accepted and helped the entire time. And I was like, man, I don't know if you guys are going to end up together after this, but she's definitely going to have a really nice story to tell in the future. Yeah, and it was it was interesting because like I I kind of this time around when we were, again paying attention a little bit more to them it was interesting to see um, and I don't think there was like intentional parallels but like trying to visual like trying to see comparison between uh, Aquafina's dad in the movie and he was the more emotional out mm-hmm. of that relationship and then the mom who's like no I have to be like this rock right it was, like mm-hmm. you like I think it's a, you know she's trying to put on a brave face and she obviously loses it at the end where she starts crying and it's one of the things where it's mm-hmm. like. The cousin the whole time was the emotional one who was having a hard time. And you could just see his girlfriend the entire time be like, no, I'm going to be here for him. And I will be um, not necessarily stoic, but, you know, willing to be this like figure that helps him through it. Yeah, just supportive, you know, in the right ways for what what they need. Right. I think I also get I think I attach more to the 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 whole part about leaving a lot more. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about the whole entire aspect of oh, this used to be my home when I was a child and seeing it change and all that stuff. I, I obviously mm-hmm. caught it. So it's very, you know, they make sure to point it out in dialogue and stuff. But I think I that- like that they mentioned that she was old enough to have those, you know, solidified memories of it, you know? Because yeah. there's definitely a window where you have strong memories of the environment you grew up in. And then if you leave too early, well, then you don't because the memories start forming later, right? Yeah, so it's, it was it was interesting to watch a second time, and I very much enjoyed this film. It's really well made. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I am glad you were willing to talk about this, despite it being a few uh, years before, I guess, the, the second rewatch. And, like, there's a lot of things in this movie that I really like. There was one bit, though, that I did really enjoy, and you kind of reminded me of it. It was kind of the depiction of, like, how the women in this movie kind of get along. And it was really cool and interesting to see how they all have their like mannerisms and their like interpersonal what is it like relationships and stuff kind of like seeing all the relationships throughout this movie not only with just the family but like how the women in the family get along how the men in the family get along the older generation the younger generation you know and even just like the generation between like Aquafina's character and her cousin, it feels like there's a small gap between them, but they just seem so like distant between each other at the same time, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the, um, an example of like how close the older generation stays with each other and how maybe the younger generations have more distance between them, you know? And I thought it was interesting. It's, yeah, it's one of the things, uh, speaking of like how distant some of the family feels, it was interesting. It's interesting. And this is obviously a real life, uh, based off real life. So having characters who were like, yeah, my dad went to America and the other dad went to Japan. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to have a relationship with my cousins mm-hmm. that are literally on the other side of the planet. And mm-hmm. seeing how that plays into dynamics. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, there's the the adults can at least play off each other fairly well. And you really don't see the, the cousin real interaction with each other. Yeah. But you can still see that they, they're willing to have, like, a level of closeness because, like, Aquafina's character is willing to, you know, sit with her cousin and let him cry. Yeah, I mean, it's like, even though you guys have that distance between that, you're still family and you want to get to know each other, you know? Like, his girlfriend, the cousin's girlfriend, 
she's Japanese. And I think in the movie, they say she doesn't really speak any Cantonese or Mandarin, yeah. right? So like her support, you know, she could have said something to her, the cousin at any point in Japanese, but she still just, you know, stoically kind of supported him when he needed it. And it was really cool to see them kind of get along, not just the cousin and his girlfriend, but just everyone in general, you know, in their own ways. Yeah, I, I, I've very much enjoyed all the interpersonal dynamics of this film. Again, it felt really real seeing how everybody was and just seeing that it's, again, it's, it's very personal. So... Mm-hmm. Dude, what, um, what did you think about the ending when, like, you know, they say goodbye and then she arrives back in, you know, the U.S. and... She's kind of just, I guess, accepted it and is ready to embrace a part of her grandma. You know, she reiterates the like the yeah thing at the end. And then we find out that like her and uh, Nainai still ended up being okay for a good amount of time after the whole ordeal. What was it like? Eight, eight years, six, yeah, eight like years? That. I thought it was like six, that. but it might be eight, um, which I thought was crazy. I was like, I, I think- oh my God. <laughs> yeah dude it was just like it it kind of it kind of adds this whole thing of like did their experience and this whole thing actually help with it or was it just you know a chance or fate and i really like how um they could have very easily left that off and you only would have found out about this if you had looked the movie up afterwards and you know dug into it but they chose to put that in and it adds this whole other layer to this movie in the very last few minutes, you know? I think I think it's it's important that they did it the way they did because it's kind of an idea that the story kind of shows the family going through this process and then it kind of gives the implication by the ending that they've accepted that they will lose their grandma at some time. They will lose Nai Nai at one point. And her character is mm-hmm. like, regardless of that, I will still keep a part of her with me. And to then show, hey... Even though she accepted this and was able to process it and go through it and grow as a person, she still didn't lose her yet. And it took her a while, you know, she got to enjoy more time with her grandma. And probably it was like she gained a new appreciation for uh, the people in her life and how she goes through them. Oh, dude, yeah. And then those, uh, I'm going to say you were probably right, six years probably it gave her so much time to be like, I'm going to call my Nai like so often just make sure I have a lot of opportunities to chat with her and make the most of it. Like you said, man, that's, it's not even like two years. She like survived for it's, it's almost, she made it almost a whole decade, you know? Yeah, no, it's insane. Cause you're like talking about like persons in their mid to late twenties. I don't remember exactly how old she was. Um, or she may, mm-hmm. maybe young twenties. I don't, I don't think they... I want to say mid twenties because it looked like she was already in or out of the university system okay. and was trying to get the next, I guess, checkpoint of like opportunity with the, what was it? The fellowship she was yeah. applying for, right? Yeah. So that feels very like mid to like uh, mid twenties. Yeah. So she, she, had, she had a whole chance to grow up into a full grown adult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at that point or that age. All right. right. So, so randomly while watching it, I have no idea why this actually stood out to me. And I was, I think it's probably because of my experience when I did go to Mexico for a very short period of time. Uh She stayed in the hotel, and they had the thing where they were like, here you go, you can boil the water here. And I was like, is it like Mexico where you don't want to drink the non-filtered or boiled water? 
Is that like a thing mm-hmm. over there? <laughs> random thought <laughs> and just like random thing. I was like, I wonder if that's the case. Because you know, like you can't drink the water in Mexico. Yeah, so I've heard. I haven't been back to Mexico since I was like five. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, also, this is like entirely separate from this movie. Um, a lot of people were like, yeah, you know, in Encanto, they have this big family. And, you know, it's hard to like wrap your head around all these characters. And I'm like, that's a big family? seven people <laughs> or like i was it was it like nine people maybe yeah i mean i was like i could i think they did a really good job of giving you the who is who especially with the whole opening song but well no, i mean like in the sense that they were like this is a big family and i was like my mom has five sisters from one parent and like 12 from the other i don't think you know what big means <laughs> yeah i was like my family's big and i think my mom has like seven siblings my dad has like eight or something yeah which is why i think it's like maybe for that for other people it's a big family it wasn't a big family for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't even know all my family members just because the family member family's so large you know like probably 50 something cousins you know <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm good. I don't know. If I have anything else to say about this movie? You know? No. I, I, yeah. I think. I think we summed it up. I think we both enjoyed this movie. It's a great watch. I think people should give it a chance. I. I understand that people have some hangups with Aquafina, but this is a good movie regardless. And... Yeah, I think it's great, and I really hope to see more of Aquafina and things in a more dramatic role and stuff. You yeah. Know? That, I mean, that would be nice. <laughs> All the actors in this were great. I would love to see more of them in other things that I guess is more mainstream. Is that the is the, was that is that fair to say? More mainstream. Yeah, fairly fairly indie, so you would hope that they would get larger roles and more mainstream stuff. I know that the dad was in Mulan. I don't think a lot of the older family members have been in anything recently, but Oh man. And like what was it the grandma in something? She looked kind of familiar. If she has been, like, I can't think of it off the top of my head, unfortunately. Okay. I mean it's just man, she has that like face, like you know, where you feel like she's been in something you recognize. But she's just such a cute little grandma, and then you you think of your own little cute little grandma. <laughs> <laughs> she man, she she was a great grandma in this top tier, great grandma overall you know top 10 ground loss <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for listening to this episode of the just pick something podcast we really appreciate you listening to us and check out the farewell on streaming you can probably still find it on amazon for like five bucks and you can like share review this podcast and i guess let us know what's um what's a really good example of a good grandma in a movie <laughs> i think that's a pretty good question okay the intro and outro song for this podcast is vhs dreams by sean ivers link in the description thanks for listening and until next time